Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. My guest in this episode has taken an interesting path in his cold outreach journey. He started with classic high volume outreach, going for the direct sale, but has since shifted to lower volume outreach targeting specific people. I can guarantee his strategy is not what you think it is. Since making this shift, his results have exploded exponentially and he's bringing in more leads than ever. In this episode, my guest had some internet connectivity issues, so please excuse the editing. I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome to Outbound Metrics. Jonathan Grisbowski is the CMO and founder of Penji, an unlimited graphic design platform that allows you to get the graphic design support you need at a flat monthly rate. Penji creates products that allow people to do more, whether it's running a business, growing a startup, scaling an agency, or managing a marketing campaign. Penji makes it more efficient and more affordable. Jonathan, are you ready to dive in? Let's do it, my man. Awesome. So how does Penji get results? What's like the value prop? Yeah, so we're in uh, unlimited graphic design service where businesses go onto our website and they sign up for the service. It's a membership style. Um, you know, it's not true SaaS, but it's very similar to SaaS where it's like a service as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go on our website, they enter their credit information, and then if it goes through, then you immediately <laughs> get access into Penji, which basically is a pool of graphic designers. They're not freelancers. They're not random people. They are employees of ours. And our customers essentially just give us all the graphic design projects that they would inevitably want. And we complete them as quickly as we can. And there's no limit to how many we can get done. So it's just a matter of what is needed for that particular business at that particular time. Awesome. And you have, um, obviously it's flat rate pricing. Do you have tiers to that as well? Or just one? Yeah, we have, we have uh, three tiers at this, the time of this recording that may change, who knows, but we have a 399 tier, which is kind of just like your entry level. If you're like a, uh, a solopreneur or a small business owner that just needs like very small level graphics, like uh, social media, or maybe like flyers or business cards, a, lo- a logo, you could even do that. The team plan, which is 499 
is basically like a custom illustration and website in addition to website design in addition to all the things prior to. So this is for like people who really need like hand-drawn things, something that cut, like if I wanted to cartoonify Morgan, you know, I could do that. And then the last one is our agency plan for $8.99. And that's mainly for like agencies, people who are very high level content producers, um, people that are just like, they have a lot of customers and their customers have demands and et cetera. Awesome. But my next question, you, you kind of pretty much answered who your ideal customer is. It sounds like you got them split up into segments there. Um, yeah. Who would you say gets the most value out of Pingy that you typically see? Yeah. People who are just content creators. And that's not just like an influencer that does like social media stuff or, or whatever. A content producer could be somebody who's like, you know, yourself that's doing podcasts and they need the social media graphics for all the people that you interview. Or it could also be a high level agency that, you know, again, produces a crap ton of stuff, or it could be like a really large business that has like a marketing team and that marketer, that person that's hired to do all the marketing isn't actually a technical, like a tactician when it comes to graphic design, but they know what looks good from their eye. And so we work with those types of people because they can do all the brains, but they can't do the actual execution and we just do the execution. Awesome. So I know that you've used cold email as a channel to grow Pingy. And I want to step inside of your shoes is when you first started using cold email. How did that come about? We started cold email from the beginning in the inception of Pengi and we still do it to this day, but the why and the how is much different than what it once was. I'd say our first like 200 ish customers, we're now at, you know, several, you know, we're now at several thousand, but at this point, like first 200 paid customers is more so us going up and writing like these bull crap scripts. <laughs> And it was just like a chain. So we used Mailshake. We used Yesware. Oh man, there's another one. We used a couple of those, but we had like six or seven emails that we used in a chain. And we basically just tried to get them to open the email to schedule a demo call with either at the time myself or somebody else on our sales team. And we were doing pretty well in the very beginning. We actually started local. Okay. I'm just going to go off on a tangent if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. We started off local and our local to us is Philadelphia. And we kind of put a perimeter of like, in the very beginning, we're like 25 miles. How can we email as many people within this 25 mile radius as much as we possibly can? And if we were the most well-known service within our 25 mile radius, what is that going to do for our business and it ended up working really well and we ended up i don't remember i can't remember the actual conversion rate but i think like our open rate was like 30 percent or something like that the conversion rate i know our demo if we were to book a demo our conversion rate was anywhere between 30 to 40 percent so like we had a very high conversion of if we got the lead and we got the lead and pushed them to this particular funnel then it would convert but obviously what we do now i think is like personally, I think is game changing, which I'm sure we're going to get to. And I think it's much different because our strategy has changed. We don't necessarily rely on sales anymore. We don't rely on uh, cold email to generate sales because we already have other funnels that are going to generate the sales for us. But we use cold email now in a very different way. Awesome. 
So curious, that demo, what was that demo process like? The process was basically like a, hi, this is so-and-so from Penji. Once they respond, they go to Penji. It still exists, penji.co forward slash demo. They put in all their information and then you schedule a time to do like a one-on-one conversation with the sales representative. The sales calls were around like anywhere between 15 to 30 minutes. Okay. The goal would be 15 minutes. And the conversion rate was like 30 to 40%, depending on the month, mm-hmm. of course. But like on the low end, it was like you know 27. On the high end, it was like 42. Awesome. This email sequence of six to seven emails, uh, we know about that initial one. What did the following emails look like? It was basically just like, hey, you know, annoying emails. Like, hey, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? <laughs> It was really bad. And believe it or not, I actually want to state this because I think a lot of people that that may be listening to this, I would highly recommend choosing a different domain name that's not associated with your specific company. So for example, ours is like, you know, Penji.co. It should be something like PenjiRocks.co. And then inside the email signature should be a link directly to the actual company. And then if the person decides to actually search for Penji, make sure that it redirects from whatever that new thing is. We recognize we are basing our sales decisions uh, and our hiring based off of like the amount of responses that we were getting. And then what we realized is after we looked at the numbers and after we started like categorizing everything, that the bulk of the, the responses and the sales were actually coming from like two or three particular people. We had six at the time. And we ended up letting three of them go because they weren't getting the numbers. They weren't reaching their goals. But we were thinking like, why is this group of people working and this group of people aren't? And it was because the large majority of the emails were going to spam. Mm. And so we had to fix that. And we tried everything. And that's before we actually switched to the domain name. And that was before we even tried services. So we thought if we tried services that maybe would fix it because the IP address would actually change because it might come from like the service provider, like Mailshake mm-hmm. or it might come from like a Yesware. But even that didn't work. So that we were wrong in that department. We got rid of all of those. Yeah, so the email chain was essentially just like six, like, hey, this is so-and-so. We kind of educate them a little bit. Like, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is how we do it. And it's kind of just like cascaded from six emails. And then the last one, I think, was probably the biggest success. And it still works to this day. It was called Intergalactic Aliens was the subject. (laughs) And the email said, hey, you know, Morgan, we sent you a bunch of emails, but you haven't responded. Just wanted to let you know, please respond with a number to indicate if you're safe. And the first one was like, I don't need you. Please leave me alone. Number two is like, I'm interested, but I'm just busy right now. And number three was I've been invaded by intergalactic aliens and I need you to call. (laughs) I think it said, I need you to call Captain America and the Avengers to assemble in order to help me help and protect my city or something like that. (laughs) And that actually got a lot of responses and a lot of people to come back into the funnel to kind of like start that conversation. Uh That was really good at the time. Awesome. So you hired like uh, sales development reps to help you to do manage this process. They were handling like these inbound or not inbound, but people who responded to the automated emails, they would handle that. Kind of yeah, their their goal was to get the response. As soon as they got the response, they would go to somebody 
that was a little bit more qualified to actually like go through the process, take the, okay. take the person through the process. So they were sending out emails manually or these were going through mail. They're going through all the different platforms that we used. Okay. Gotcha. At the time. Yeah. Now it's again, now it's different, but this at the time, that's what it was. Gotcha. Okay. And you had email deliverability issues that you're talking about, tried switching to different services, but realized it should have been a different domain name just for people listening. Like you want to make sure you split those two so that you don't interrupt email going into spam from your main email address and keep one for sending emails. If anyone uh, was wondering what that was about. There's that. Yes. And then do you mind if I go into the new strategy or do you want me to keep answering questions? That's good. Those are the questions I had for that. And yeah, the demo. So yeah, the new strategy. Let's talk about that. The new strategy is to forget everything I just said and do this (laughs) instead. (laughs) Because the new strategy is not sending any scripts at all. It is sending a cold email that is warm hearted. And all it is, is the person doing research about the individual before sending an email. So before the team was tasked to send about a hundred emails a day, we'll use round numbers. It was actually more, but let's just use round numbers to say a hundred. And they are to also find people, find information, right? So we had a, a team of people who found information and then the people who sent the email. But now it's, the same person that's finding the, the individual is also sending the email. And one of the fields that they have to enter is a social media platform. And the platform, whatever they decide to choose, it's up to them. They need to also find a custom line that is within the field. So I'm going to give you a breakdown of exactly what it is. And I'm just going to read it because we're on a podcast, so it's a little bit easier. So essentially, it's And I'm literally reading directly off of a Google sheet here. So Mm -hmm. it's month, first name, email, notes, website, social media channel, business name, and custom line. The custom line is important because you can add things that are very specific to the individual. So for example, the one is that prank you did is hilarious. Holy cow. I checked out your Instagram and I died laughing, looking to see if you have any interest in reviewing our service on your channel. Let me know if this is something worthwhile. The other one is F it, Lewis, uh, exposure is everything. So essentially it was Kobe Bryant. It was like right after he died and somebody posted like a memorial video about him. The person, the salesperson saw it and said, hey, you know, this really resonated with me. I don't play basketball, but I'm a huge fan what did Kobe Bryant mean to you? That's going to automatically give you an answer because it's going to give you the opportunity to build that relationship and that foundation. And they're going to want to respond because you're talking about something that they're passionate about. So like, forget the approach of sales. It might take a little bit longer, but you're actually going to get a response And the open, like we're getting anywhere between, well, again, we're not doing it for sales anymore. We're actually trying to do it for like exposure to get our brand out there even more. So Mm -hmm. it's no longer sales and it's more about exposure. How can we get in front of more people and have their audience share our story? Mm -hmm. And we're getting anywhere between 15 to 25 leads a day. And these are people 
who are like very qualified. They may mm. not be like, we, I don't care. We don't care if they spy from us. That's not the objective here. So we're in a different state in, of business than I'd say a large majority of people maybe. But for us, this is what works really well. And the amount of leads that we're getting because of it is just astronomical. The deliverability is extremely high. I don't know the numbers because we're literally emailing people directly from Gmail. Okay. So we're not using any of these services anymore. I don't know the open rates. I don't give a crap about the open rates. I care about results. And the salesperson's job is to deliver at least five leads a week. And they're able to beat that by 20. I should probably increase the KPI a little bit, to be perfectly honest. But mentally, I'm just not there yet to dedicate and change the philosophy of the sales functions. Gotcha. So your process has gone from partially automated direct sales, right? Getting in front of someone, traditional book the demo call and sell, to now, which is using cold email for branding and awareness, all manual, the people working for you. Are they still following up with people and sending yeah. several emails? Okay. They are, yeah, because inside the notes is the date in which they sent the email. Mm-hmm. So if I send the email today, you know, the 17th, they are told to send a follow-up on two, three days from now. Now, those are scripts. You know, the second okay. and the third are a little bit very loose scripts. It has a custom element to it. It'll be a derivative of the custom line, which is why the custom line field is so important because in the example of the Kobe Bryant one, mm-hmm. you can, in the second email, you can refer back and like, hey, I sent you an email about Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I sent you uh, an email about food, whatever that is. There's the second and third emails are definitely scripted, but it's just, again, loosely based because it's trying to develop the relationship and a conversation. Got you. And how long is that uh, follow-up typically? How long is the chain? Yeah. Uh, I'd say a week, but honestly, we've gone back to them if in several weeks from now, but usually the chain will last about like a week or two. Um, okay. But again, it depends on the lead. Like if, if we find that the person's actually like valuable, we're just going to go back and just wait until everything is like everybody responds from that particular thing. Because our sizes and the customer that we're trying to go after is extremely targeted. And so like you might be thinking in listening to this, like, oh, it doesn't necessarily apply to me. No, it actually can. However, you have to just know who you're trying to target. Like we're targeting people who review SaaS companies because they need content and we are their content. But if you can like pinpoint in your sales function, like who is that person that's made me the most money? Use an agency. Is an agency that has 15 to 20 people and they make a million dollars. I don't know. I'm just using numbers. A million dollars a year. You need to find that exact human being Mm -hmm. and the title of that person. Mm -hmm. So you're essentially targeting these people who review SaaS companies, these influencers, you know, for lack of a better word, do they publish online or something? They have followings. Some do, some don't. Okay. Exposure is exposure. Like, I don't know your audience base, right? But like, I know you have an audience. I know you have a podcast and I know I want to get in front of them. 
regardless of whether or not it's going to convert into a sale, mm-hmm. the fact that I'm able to actually get in front of another audience, um, you can have a hundred people, you can have a hundred thousand people and it's going to be the same. It's just people. And so how can we get our name in front of the most amount of people at all times? That's the goal. But again, some people might be in the, I, in the aspect of like, I need leads, I need money, I need to survive. And then you just kind of have to change the philosophy a little bit. Gotcha. So since the people aren't selling directly, how do you track those leads coming back to this person sent us, uh, this person generated X amount of leads per week? So the sale, how do we keep the salespeople accountable? Yeah, for bringing in this number of leads per week. Yeah, so inside the sheet, there's a field that basically says name. Mm-hmm. And then the notes are within the dates. So within the notes, excuse me. It's all tracked within that Google sheet. Well, I mean, the leads that are coming in from their efforts. How do they convert? Well, you said you're seeing 15 to 25 leads per day. And these leads are from people who, as a result of this outreach, are coming back and saying, or people are coming in and saying, hey, I want to work with you. Yeah. Um, if those people who are emailing, they're not directly mm-hmm. selling to them, but are those leads, are those the people they've contacted who've been like, hey, I like these guys. Let me work with, I'm going to work with them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So essentially once they get the lead and once they get the person to respond and once they are interested in, you know, potentially sharing our story to their audience, we have like a partnership program application. Ah, okay. It goes to a page that's called like partnerships and affiliates on our website. And then uh, it goes from there. So once they're inside that website and then people sign up and then it's all tracked through that way. We build gotcha. our own, we build our own affiliate program and our own affiliate network. And so we can easily track the results of that person. So the goal of that one person, the salesperson in particular is to get a lead and then it's up to the partnership director in order to get the actual sale. So people like yourself, you know, who again runs a podcast at the end, you'll say a, a wonderful coupon code. And if those people use that code, then you'll ultimately get commission and what better way to make money. You're already producing, people are already producing content. And so why not just make money off of that? It's not necessarily bad to make money. You got to pay your bills. You live in Chicago. You got to pay rent. (laughs) Like you got to do your thing. So if you're already producing the content, why not just make money off of it? Or at least try to make money off of it. Absolutely. Okay. This is a very interesting model because it's like you're, I mean, it's leverage, right? Instead of just one-to-one selling directly this person, this person, this person, you are building this relationship and, you know, leveraging that relationship to sell to that person's network or that person's audience or that person's sphere of, of influence. What types of things does the partnership director do? I'm just curious on like the back end. Once that lead is secured, how do they influence that sale? What do they do from there? We have the luxury of having a pretty sticky product and service. So I think it's a partial luck, to be mm-hmm. honest. Gotcha. Because for us, like people want it and people want to talk about it. Whereas sometimes it's not going to be that way. Mm-hmm. So you have to be a little bit more creative. But that person's job in particular is just to build a relationship Um, be their friend and actually legitimately help their business. So within our, our affiliate portal, we're a graphic design company, so we could do this, but we have free templates in order for them to use. So if they want to like use a social media, like blog, for example, 
and they want to use an icon because they're used to doing like Canva, they could do that. They could take the icon. If they need pictures, they could take the pictures. If we've designed something for like a Instagram story, it's not Penji branded at all. It's actually branded towards whatever they want, uh, but we created it and we're giving it to them for free. Another thing is just like helping them out from other ways. Like we're really good at SEO. Why not try and help their business get ranked higher on Google? And the last thing is like the individual become a consultant, so to speak. Gotcha. Okay. And um, you broke up a little bit, but you mentioned, uh, you know, helping people with SEO. There was something else in there I didn't catch. We basically just become their consultant. That's just okay. the short, the short end of it. We become their consultant. And from there, they, we just help them grow their business. We help them with their SEO. We can help them with their advertisement strategies. We can help them with a plethora of things because we have the resources to do that. Again, some people don't, and, but we have the skill and the, the people behind it. Gotcha. Awesome. So um, going from the original outreach process in the beginning to the, what you're doing now, trying to get like a, a before and after for the audience, like leads per day before and after. I think now you said you're getting 15 to 25 a day. Is that per salesperson that's working, right? So what is the difference between then and now? Now we're getting anywhere from like, you know, 15, 20. Yesterday we had for, from one particular individual, but that person's been consistently getting 12, 15, 20 a day. It just may have been like an off day for that particular individual. But our team is extremely busy. The partnership director's job is extremely busy with new people engaging old ones. So the key takeaway that I'd like people to walk away from after this conversation is over is that you need to remove the robotic attitude and the mindset of whether it's sales or whether it's cold email, whatever it may be, and focus on the human element to who we are. I want real conversations and so do you. I'm sure you don't want to be bombarded with spam and we recognize that very easily. So why not just like actually have a, a conversation with people? And that's just the foundation of like how we communicate with our team. And that's how we tell them to communicate with others. It's hard to get out of that robotic nature, but once you start to realize and you use clickbait like type of emails, it'll help you significantly. Awesome. And uh, one question I wanted to ask too, how many people do your salespeople reach out to per day? Good question. Before it was, as mentioned, like anywhere from 100 to 200, but now it's maximum is 50. Gotcha. And usually on the average, it's somewhere around like 25 and up. But so we're like hyper specific now and right. we're less about the quantity and we're more about the quality. Gotcha. Awesome, man. And I implore everybody else to do the same. It doesn't matter if you get a hundred. Cold email isn't a numbers game as people think it is. So if you send a hundred emails, you're going to get X number of return. That's not how it works. And those people who say otherwise, I think they've never actually done cold email. And hopefully my story resonates with people because these are all true and all things that I've experienced and we've experienced. And these are just trials and tribulations. I hope this was all helpful to your audience. Absolutely. And anyone who's interested in trying Pingy, get 15% off your first month by going to Pingy.co and using the coupon code MorganW15. That's M-O-R-G-A-N-W-15. Jonathan, it's great having you on. Thanks, man. All right. You take it easy. Yep.
Jonathan's pivot and cold email strategy shows that your approach to outreach must evolve and adapt to the demands of your market and your growth goals. I really enjoyed hearing his story and I hope you did too. Make sure to hit the subscribe button and share this episode with a friend. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.